What's poppin' everybody? This is Logan Murdoch, and I'm here with my co-host for the Real Ones Podcast on the Ringer NBA show, the incomparable, the realist, the man who invented the pregame Red Bull snow cone, Raja Bell. Thank you, Logan. You're far too kind, sir. Did you know that the Ringer NBA show feed now has six podcasts a week? Six. Every Sunday, Big Waz has a different guest from the NBA world on weekends with Waz. And you can find me and Raja every Monday and Thursday on Real Ones, where we cover all the most interesting NBA storylines. On Tuesdays, J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Charks discuss up-and-coming talent in college basketball and the NBA. And on Wednesdays, you can hear Justin Verrier, Rob Mahoney, and Big Waz discuss any and everything going on in the world of hoops. Man, and on Friday, Chris Ryan and Searich Sohi ask the big questions on the answer. So head over to the Ringer NBA Show's Spotify page and take a listen. There's so much to dive into. And while you're there, just go ahead and give us a follow, too. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. friends and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other this is an almost major edition of fairway rolling the golf podcast on the ring podcast network i am your starter joe house my birdie buddies my eagle enthusiasts my par saving pals what a show we have in store for you today. Big things are happening in the world of golf. We have Tiger Woods slaying Phil Mickelson. We have Scotty Scheffler running out there like a stud horse. We have a $3.6 million purse coming up in front of us down at Ponte Vedra. The boys, the boys opened up the wallet. We had to bring in the heavy hitters for this one. Of course, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, 
is here, as is always the case. And then our beloved buddy, Pat Mayo, for the PME experience, the Pat Mayo experience, things just getting better and better. It's a three ball. We're strolling over right now. The peg is in the ground. Let's get it going. Mayo, welcome, buddy. Thanks for, am I like plus 240 in this three ball? Because I'm not good. We missed you. <laughs> we, we actually got to play together last week the end of last week and we needed we needed we actually had space for a fourth didn't we house we did we did it was only a three ball nate dog myself and and we um actually tr inspired simmons the podfather to make out. his triumphant return to golf he'd taken a couple years off he's been working hard the pandemic got in the way but he's back i got a new set of uh beautiful callaways in the bag and, uh, you know, he was ready to quit after six holes, but we, we made him persevere. We got the full 18 in. He would not join Nate and I. Now, Nate and I did gamble at the yes, very uh, at the end. We did. We did. But no Simmons, blood. No blood. Yeah. Um, Simmons wouldn't join us, which is probably for the best. Well, because he knew that he was going to have to pay to repair the few windows that he broke <laughs> on the right side of a number of fairways. I mean, number two, I really did. I covered my head. Oh, yeah. that, you know, from the fairway. Uh, I have in, some video that I just, in, I don't know gazebo. that we can release it. Yeah. I don't know that we can release the video, but it's incredible. <laughs> I was cringing. I was worried. No glass. No glass was broken. And we made it all 18 holes and it was a glorious day. Any which way you cut it. Speaking of glorious days, we had a hell of a Sunday this past weekend. We had, um, speaking of murders, in addition to Tiger Woods taking down Phil Mickelson, um, Bay Hill annihilated the field at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Was this so fun? So. Well, Rory doesn't think so. What do you Pat, think, Did Mayo? you think this was fun? And, well, as someone who had a lot of money on Billy Horschel, no. No. It was not fun. <laughs> oh, God. But you, I, I, what about I your actually way? agree. I agree with what Rory said. Also, was Simmons the only guy during the pandemic not to take up golf more? Yes. Like... Everyone started golfing. He's the pod father. He was hard at work doing podcasting. Yeah, well, you can't, can't fault him for that. But, I mean, golf is, is the release. The only thing you could do during the pandemic. The but... golf gods gave him gave him major, major props at the end. He striped a couple drives down the stretch. So we're definitely going to get him out. But there we go. It, That's all you it, need. It's more interesting golf than what we saw this weekend. Isn't it? Was this good? Yeah. No, no we, we, need, we need this. It's just, it's the wrong time of year and i think rory hit on it properly if you're gonna get people to come to bay hill over and over to to honor arnold palmer and play in this tournament and of course that rory really does seem to like for a guy who won it once and folds on the weekend every other year you have to be able to reward good shots like he said yeah. it's not the rough that's the issue that's supposed to be hard that's supposed to be penal the the wind is going to be penal it's good that it's difficult it's just I mean, as someone who tracked a lot of Billy Horschel on Sunday, the shot he hit on two should have been a foot from the pin. It wasn't. He hit the perfect iron shot on 17, knowing he needed to go make a birdie. He couldn't even get it to stick on the green. Like, that's the issue. Like, if you hit a good shot, you should still be rewarded. At least at the U.S. Open, you hit a good shot. You end up eight feet from the pin. You get a chance to make your birdie. Here, that was just impossible. So and how do we square? Problem. But, like, how do we square Scheffler? I mean, you looked at his stats, they were all good, but not amazing, except for his approach. Like, he was clear in a way, led the field in shots gain approach. Is that just because he was less, his results were less shitty than everybody else's? I mean, the reason is he had shots gain putting 
uh, yesterday was because not because he made that many, but because he had a bunch of 66 footers that he put to four inches. Right. So maybe that was the issue. But like square that stat with, with Rory's complaint. I guess the big thing with Scheffler, he, I mean, he was one of the few guys that didn't have to hit fairways in order to continuously hit greens. Like he didn't yeah. miss a lot of greens and he was constantly playing out of the rough. So this kind of goes hand in hand with what we saw from him at the majors last year too. He finished top 20 in all four of the majors. And it's not like he's going to be Brian Stewart or Brennan Todd out there. Even my guy, Adam Hadwin, who we're going to get to a little bit later on, I assume. We are? He's not just, oh, wow. He's not putting it 260 <laughs> down the middle of the fairway every time. He's taking yeah. a rip at it. He's kind of yeah. playing the Bryson game a little bit, and he just has so much power out of the rough. And these long putts are nothing new for Scheffler. It's, it's funny, because like everyone just kind of has been ragging on Will Zalatoris now for about six weeks, that he can't putt. He's the crappiest putter on tour. He's not. He is probably the worst putter from four feet and in. But you stick him 76 feet away from the hole, he's yeah. putting it to four feet. It's that next putt that's the real problem. And yeah. Scheffler had that problem for the longest time. And we even saw it in Phoenix. He ended up winning, but he had three chances to win that tournament from in close. Couldn't do it. How'd he win? Hey, he made a 30-foot bomb in the playoff to win because he's just more comfortable with those type of putts, I suppose. But that's really where it came from. Just he was hitting the greens in regulation. He just survived, from- didn't he? I mean, Woodland was doing the best job of that where you you could just see the strategy that Woodland was playing on Sunday. He's like, I'm not even going to chance going at one of these pins. The pins were super unfair on Sunday as well, knowing that you couldn't hold any of these greens. But he's like, screw it. I'm going to leave myself 40 feet. Maybe I'll make one, but I'll try to two putt every green. And it worked till 17. I mean, I mean, he had the gun show going on. He wanted to stay on the beach. I don't fault him for that. All right, fair enough. So I, I, the Scheffler point that you guys are covering that, that I think deserves amplification is the quality of win in this venue under these circumstances as measured against how he won at Phoenix. And now he's shown us an ability to win a couple different ways. And he has, you know, as you mentioned, Mayo, the top 20 finishes at the majors, like his resume is 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 crazy legit at this early stage he's got you know runners up at like riviera and you know uh some other you know very quality venue met the match play yeah um, in austin yeah so it, like it, it's the, like the Ryder cup thing with rom just unleashed him yeah i i i agree with that so just a, another guy under 30 that we have to have on the dance card that we have to keep our eye on i think it's the case now that all five of the top uh, official world golf ranking or are for the first time in history, 30 or younger or all under 30. Am I right about that? Yes. Well, that's only, that's only cause they won't allow Phil to play. Of course he'd be number one, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, let's dispense with Phil really quickly. Um, he gave himself the, um, impact, uh, performance award in the, in the fall. And then it got taken away from him. Um, not that dissimilar from how he had, fall plans lined up for this coming 2022 year that got taken away from him (laughs) all by his own doing. But Tiger Woods did not have to jump in with um, as an assassin and murder him. Did he did Tiger Woods have to do that to poor Phil Mickelson at this stage? Why wouldn't you when you're Tiger? What do you do to amuse yourself at this point? (laughs) I think there's some some real resentment like bubbling to the surface from Tiger who feels vindicated for the ill will that he felt towards Phil back, you know, in, in the, in the two thousands, maybe late nineties. And that finally he feels like I told you so. And he, he, you just could tell he couldn't 
bite his tongue through all of it, could he? Um, he could not. Uh, it was a the the perfect um murder, which was you know a, a, a whoops with a couple of emojis on top of of Phil's self proclaimed victory. I want to um quickly visit um the pip itself because it continues to have so much potential. It could be such a a fun thing for us to participate in to really draw in fans and 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 yet you know as is so often the case when it comes to the pga tour it is stuck in this you know kind of um bizarre cell-phoned uh sense of suspension why is it the case that they're only giving it out to to 10 people why is it the case how could it ever be the case that bubba watson who had you know five top tens last year in 22 events is ahead of Colin Morikawa in a year that, you know, Morikawa won the open championship. Like why isn't this more fun? Why isn't this more interactive? Why, why is it stuck in this weird ass, you know, they added more money to it, you know, congratulations, but like such an opportunity to leverage the moment that we're in where all of us want to be participating in this thing. We have fans now. We never, you know, Jim Herman has a sense of humor Max Homa is clearly, you know, uh, um, one of our favorites on social. Mayo, why do you think it is that the tour insists on, you know, this this cabined up, buttoned up way of approaching it? Well, Bubba, I believe, has a pretty good TikTok feed. So maybe this is a big thing I heard about Homa. So does and Bryson. What's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bryson has YouTube channels. I don't know how exactly they measure it, but all I saw was people on Twitter getting mad because Max Homa has a really good Twitter account, which he does. But is he have does he have the same reach as a Bubba Watson? Maybe to a select grouping on Twitter, sure. But Bubba Watson's the bigger overall guy. That seems like how this was done. Like Ricky Fowler wasn't in the top 10, right? He was not. Right. He was number nine. Okay, so he made it too. So I wouldn't be too concerned about Bubba. No, no, Ricky he was not. Still, no, he, he was not. Him. Okay. No, no, no I was you're saying right. not. Because I'm actually kind of stunned he wasn't up there as well, but I, I really don't see him on social media all that much. I just have no idea how they actually quantify this. It does seem like there's some sort of longevity and name recognition that goes into it of how they want to put it out there. And listen, Morikawa is my guy. I, I, I hope. Oh, I wish he would have won. A, I, yeah. I wish he would have came first. That's how much I love Colin Morikawa, but I mean, he's not the most interesting guy in the world. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys in those ratings, like the Q ratings. Q scores, which is like a likability, right? And recognizability index in the like six, seven, eight, nines of those metrics who we don't know who they are, but they didn't get any of the PIP money. And it'll be interesting to see how they adjust this. It would be fun. I mean, the fact that Bryson came behind Jordan Spieth when Spieth basically posts about his charity 25 times a year and that's it tells you that, you know, the Sway House TikTok bros in the long drive competition are not going to win the pip for you. There, there's more to it than that. I, it would be just fun if they just published the fucking algorithm. Maybe maybe that they're worried about people gaming it, but I don't understand why we don't at least, if they can give us the Comcast business top 10, four fucking tournaments into the season, they can yes. give us the pip That's ratings the one through I mean, 25. There, there should be, you know, a way to recognize more, more than 10 guys. You want to promote your youngsters. Why are we sitting on here talking on this dumbass podcast about promoting, you know, one of the most likable guys on tour? All he did was go participate in the Olympics and, you know, come from 20th to, to a T3. 
um, you know, and, and Bubba Watson, like it, in many respects to Mayo's point this year, the, what they gave out this year was like, you know, an aggregate of contribution to golf recognizability. I mean, Ricky Fowler and Bubba did go to the Olympics in 2016, was it? Um, and did go to Brazil and did, um, you know, ward off the Zika virus and, and were right. the faces of, of American golf in, in the first time that golf was back. So if you want to, you know, reward those guys and Bubba does have 1.8 million followers on Twitter and, and Morikawa has only like in the hundreds of thousands, if that. Um, so it's I get good like that they're doing that this part. We just yes. need them to evolve now. It's great that they're doing it. Let's see if they can fail fast, fix faster. And let us in. Let us in. We want to participate. Anyway, enough enough of that um, nonsense. Rich guys getting richer is not Bubba. the point of of any of this. Do we feel like we did enough in terms of paying respects to Scotty Scheffler? Um, I, I would. I don't necessarily want to go back on Scheffler. Obviously, dude's a stud. It's funny how the narrative can shift on him so quickly. I remember writing him up in Golf Digest before the beginning of last year, be like, "This is a guy that you want to ride and bet on yeah. this year. The breakthrough is coming." Because it felt like. He was so close two years ago, didn't get there. It's like, well, this is going to be the year. And it wasn't. Didn't end up winning at all in 2021. And then, you know, of course, I don't include him in the column this year, and he wins twice. But he kind of got pegged as that next wave of Finau and the guys who just can't close. It's funny how you can't close until you close once, and then you're unbeatable all of a sudden. Yeah. Two out of three is pretty good. Um Well, speaking of, you know, guys that that can close in in very – Dramatic circumstances. Nate Dog, your guy, Ryan Bram, came through. It was great. On, a, on, on that last breath of his medical extension, he literally has to win to keep his card. Otherwise, he's on Corn Ferry Tour. Basically, he and his wife, Chelsea, who are awesome people, had planned to play the, the Corn Ferry Tour all year long. And the dude just falls into this mental state of zen and kicks everybody's ass. I mean, he had a six-shot... He had a six-shot victory. Nobody's winning by six these days anywhere. I get that it's the Puerto Rico Open. I get that the three of us could have had a spot in the tournament if we wanted to. You know, I, all of the caveats are there. But Victor Hovland has won this tournament. Tony Finau has won this tournament. So it, it's a really incredible win. Uh, basically a last-second March Madness buzzer beater. It's like if that Butler half-court heave had gone in against Duke is basically what this guy did. And it's just a reminder that golf is all in between your ears. And in that moment, he really, as he said, he was like, all I have to do is, is gain. There's nothing I have to lose. He, f he fell into this state of calmness that, God, I wish I could house out there playing with you last week. And, and, he, and he won the damn tournament. Now he's got a two-year exemption, does not get into the Masters, as it should be, the opposite field. If Frank Licklider II could qualify for the Masters by winning in Puerto Rico... Our little tournament last week should have allowed us to qualify for the Masters. But it, it, it was a special moment. Chelsea's awesome. She, like, t you heard her talk him out of going at the pin on 17 when everybody was flaring it over the green because the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. She talked him into going to middle. It's not like he was going to lose a six-shot lead at that point anyway, but they just worked great together. Hallelujah. It was more fun to watch that than, than Arnold Palmer for me this weekend. Mayo, did you have any action on the Puerto Rico Open? Yeah, I had Max McGreevy at triple digits. Oh. And, I had, and my other guy, Patrick Flava Flavin. Uh, they couldn't come through. Brent McGreevy Peter, tried. Yeah, McGreevy was there. Flavin was there as well. But no, they, they didn't have the goods. Do you stay yeah. away from compost? 
Yeah, I mean, compost in Puerto Rico was almost like an automatic top 10 bet for years. But uh, we'll get him back at Corrales, I'm sure. Do we know, Nate, whether Netflix was down there in Puerto Rico? I am sure they were not. Okay. Because <laughs> if they don't have fucking Shot Tracker, they don't have Netflix. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, I mean, they, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I brought, I brought this up because obviously, you know, if we're all here, we're all betting on golf and we're tracking our daily fantasy lineups. We open up the PGA app and when there's no Shot Tracker, it gives you shot one to fairway or shot one to rough. Yes. Is there anything? Dirt outline. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't even have dirt outlines. It's just not the fairway uh, when there's no shot tracker around. But I, I just always think about this at like Spyglass in Monterey, that if I see my guy shot one to fairway, I've basically already written down birdie for him. Whereas if he misses the fairway, it, it's, I'm like, oh my God, was this a triple bogey? It's like right. shot three from the green. It's, it's mind numbing. It's horrible. And I don't know why I do this to myself because it doesn't ever end up working out that way. And I know that I'm not the only one who feels like that. The only thing I can guarantee you is that if Victor Hovland doesn't hit a green in regulation, he's making bogey. That's happening. <laughs> we just, we watched it in live and in person on the back nine uh, on, on Sunday. But God, um, it does feel like he's a top five player in the world for sure at this point, doesn't it? He's not just, everyone can be a not everyone can be a top five guy though. Like he's number three in the around. world, but like he has the biggest deficiency of any of those guys. Like if he's in the sand, he's screwed. I, look, let's say this. You're right, except at the moment, and I can't wait to hear how you feel about this week, it sure feels like the biggest deficiency of the guys in the top five is John Rahm's fucking putter because he is backdooring top 20s every week and being like 77th in shots gained. Put. Like, what is happening with this thing? Shouldn't that tell you that he's right around the corner from yes. be beating everyone by 10 maybe That's this week? It's felt like the entirety of 22, right, is he's just... All he has to do is get hot with the putter, but now we've seen him on a bunch of different surfaces. I thought maybe it was the POA. It wasn't the POA. I, I mean, it's coming, though. You know it's going to come, and I think you're right. He's going to The tournament that he wins, he's probably going to win by nine or something. There's no reason that it couldn't be this tournament. I mean, it's trending pretty well for him. For uh, I mean, he's never... I don't think he's ever lost strokes on the green at the players. Now, the past the first two years he played, he dumped a ton on the greens the last two years at the players since it moved to March, he gained 1.7 and over two uh, ninth and a 12th. And like the ball striking every single week is just immaculate. And this isn't something that we're used to with Rom. I actually had a guy from the caddy network, John Rathouse on my show on Saturday. If people want to go check it out, you know, I'm talking to guys. He was Seamus Powers caddy uh, five years ago at the players championship. So he knows the course pretty well, but he had made mention to me, Nate, of something I didn't even consider. Maybe you have some insight into this, is that certain guys just are not dealing well with getting rid of the greens books and screwing them up on the yeah. greens. Yeah, you're seeing it. And you're oh, exactly right. I think you're right. Call. A, 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 by the way, it's also not impacting the pace of play, which is ostensibly what we're supposed to do. Like, it's making it worse. Yeah, but it, it, you know, listen, I'm okay with the pace of play being long as long as like one of these times Billy Horschel does that behind someone and like Tanya Harding's them in the knee or something. <laughs> He's just sneaking up behind you. They're all out there doing aim point, which is incredible to watch. That that thing where you spread your feet, your feet are supposed to help you get the, the feel for the, you know, the the um, angle of the terrain. Who is he? The, the legend of beggar Vance? Yeah. Yes, all of them are. Yeah. I don't... It, it, I don't miss the greens books, but I, I, I it sure doesn't seem like uh, it's made a palpable difference on the game. I mean, who's who's close to leading in shots gained putting this year on the PGA Tour? Colin Morikawa. 
and that's that's been about hard work, not uh, not you know studying the greens books. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this episode is brought to you by evernorth health services costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Well, let's let's dive in because we've been sort of dancing around it. Kudos to Ryan Bram. Kudos to Scotty Scheffler. We're ready um, for the next big thing. And it's a big thing. I have an announcement to make. What? Um, gentlemen, I officially love the players. I, I mean, it's it's oh, I know no. it's taken a long time. Why? I know it's absurd because it's 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 so big boy now. I just. I love this moment that's coming together. I'm I'm online looking at my research. Everybody's piling in with terrific analysis. All the the, the data stuff that's on. Mayo had his stuff up last night for Christ's sake. I know, sakes. but thank God for Mayo because a year ago the tour announced this big partnership with Amazon. We were supposed to get a data lake. We don't have shit. That was like a press release. Thank God for Mayo stuff. Well, I mean, we never. Everybody knows not to rely on the tour for anything having to do with meaningful inputs. Come on, uh, if not for Mayo, we wouldn't have all this data. 
Well, that's... let me ask you, because th- this ha- this happened on the broadcast. It's happened a whole bunch of times, too. I don't want to pile on, like, Faldo or Azinger, but they can say factually incorrect things on the broadcast, and no one cares. No, we can do that that's, on this pod, too. It's That's right. It's yeah, like, we, we are, we are not the, the official broadcast, though. <laughs> they're old guys. They're old guys talking to old guys. What I did mean, you the... hear that threw you, Pat? Uh, it was, there was a Tiger Woods stat that he gave out just, and I, I saw it cleaned up on Twitter later. It's like, that's not even close to being true. He <laughs> at one point called Corey Connors, one of the oh, best right. putters on the, Corey Connors, one of the best putters on the PGA tour. I was watching PGA live the other day. They called Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian Brooks Kepka, which <laughs> right. absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> true. Not true. Oh, that was where they said Tiger Woods was one of the best, uh, accurate drivers on par fives. Yes. Which is. Right. Couldn't totally be further from the truth. Yeah. yeah. That's well, the whole point of Tiger's approach on par fives. You don't have to hit the fairway. Anyway. Oh, what you're really talking about is how we, um, as as gamblers, as devotees of, of the sport, we consume this through uh, all of the media. Like, we we have the, the featured holes on one screen. We have the stupid television broadcast on another screen. We have the Twitter feed, like you know, we're we're, we're getting every shot it. this week, aren't we? By we're, every it is. That, this it's yeah. This is oh. a Mayo thing. I, I have this. Is the one reason that I've come around on the players because they do it right. I know it's local to them. They have the infrastructure at the course where they can do this. But you can watch any player this week in real time. Uh, it's ESPN Plus in the states, and it's Golf TV internationally, where mm. I am. So I, I wish they had a TV app that I could stream it to each of my smart TVs. But hey, we'll, we'll figure that out. I have enough devices where I can cast it to my TV; it'll be perfect. But I have a wall of eight TVs, and that's all I'm doing is just all of the main broadcast on the big TV and the 43 inches around it. Just going to be whatever group I want to follow, or yeah. your DFS, your your lineup. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm playing some three balls. Who knows? It, it, it's a great way to consume pain. Last last week for you was was tough watching Billy Ho go around. Last year, second day, homeless hubs fighting to make the cut. He's got the best round of the day. Rolls in a 35 footer on 17 to get inside the cut line, and then fucking blows it right on 18 and misses the cut. So there's also a lot of pain to be consumed. Either way, we're gonna get all all of the golf we could possibly want this week. I, I'm a little unclear, though. What are they going to do about the weather? The weather looks, for once, shitty. All the all the, the scores are too low because the weather's great. People are, are going to have a reckoning this week, aren't they? This is the first time we've seen real weather at the players in as long as I can remember. The last time I remember being really bad was the year my best friend in the world, 750 to 1. See, woo, Kim yes. ended up winning. And it was like Louie and J.B. Holmes, Keegan Bradley, Kyle Stanley. A murderous all row the guys. who gives a shit. They, they were all <laughs> the guys out in the final groups. And then, you know, my guys see, that's a year that Poulter played for second. Ah, uh, amazing. So what, go through the forecast, Nate. What, what, when is the weather um, supposed to be at its, at its worst? It, it, it looks like there's going to be a lot of rain early on. And, and then it's going to get cold. I mean, it's cold now, I'm, I'm seeing. Pat, does this factor into how you're going to pick these guys? It's making me wait until, listen, we can wake up tomorrow and whatever forecast you're looking at could be completely wrong. 
Right. So the best thing we can do is give ourselves more time before we commit to any sort of lane. This is more or, I mean, yes, if, if you're going to bet it out, right? Like I'm good with Morikawa in any weather condition. I'm good with yeah. John Rahm. Like the very best of the best players, it shouldn't really matter. However, Sunday high of 52, low of 48. So Shane Lowry's going to win. Let's just say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your to your point, Mayo, like, are you sizing it up in the way that we size up traditionally the Open Championship? You're looking for weather waves. It, will it be a morning uh, difference between morning and afternoon and an advantage to be had that way? With the rain. That, that I never really know. And even sometimes when it shapes up that way, where it looks like the AM is going to get a huge advantage, you know, the wind holds off for three hours and all of a sudden the PM wave gets absolutely destroyed. I, I've seen it too many times. So if you're filling out like daily fantasy rosters, if you're going to play multiple lineups, which you know I'm going to be doing, I'll probably like 50 and the millionaire makers that are coming around is I'll probably allocate 10 of those 50 to one side of the wave and 10 of those 50 to the other side of the wave. I had a friend who probably made, it was like back to back to back weeks. He ended up like first third in like, eighth or something in some of these high stakes tournaments. And all he did was take the other side of the wave advantage. He ended up being right. 95% of the field was wrong in their picks. And he just coasted to the top of the leaderboard, came close to winning like a million bucks over the course of those three weeks. So Mm. one of the things that you have to embrace, especially at this course is going to be the variance. Just look at Rory's track record. The last three times, miscut, win, miscut. Anyone can miss the cut here. This isn't the masters. The bottom end of this field is so good. Like, I take JT Poston here every single year for the past two years. He's come 22nd back-to-back years. He could come dead last this year, or he could come 22nd again. Fred Couples isn't the worst player in this field. Bernhard Langer isn't playing. Mike Weir isn't in the field. The guys who we consider like scrubs in daily fantasy are legitimately good players. And that really, when combined with the water, and you know, someone can make an 11 on number 17, you can just be ejected very quickly at this course. So the move would be kind of do the the opposite of conventional wisdom when it comes to daily fantasy, because you're going to get all these great plays at low ownership. Like think about this time last year, Tony Finau was the highest owned guy in daily fantasy. Now no one's going to use him. Not to say he's going to be good, but if he wins, you're going to get him at like 2% ownership and you'll have a much easier path to that million bucks. Well, the, the combination of ownership and prices in the gambling market, we're taping this on uh, Monday evening. There are some incredible Pricings out there available right now. I already missed You're out on work. about Brooks Kepka, aren't you? I'm you also you talking the... about Dustin Johnson. No, but Dustin's Dustin's number's not moving. You missed the good Brooks number. The, the Brooks fifty was an auto bet for anyone I who saw it. Off. It's at thirty eight for the last time I, I checked it. Maybe it's below that now. But you guys both groaned when I said that I love this golf tournament. I, I want I want a, an explanation as to why. Why Why did you groan, Nate? Dog. I I actually do like the golf tournament. What I don't like is the inauthentic hype about it and and the year-round commercials trying to pull it into some level of status that that campaign sort of instinctively repels me from allowing it to to step into it it was always in their power to do what they've done which is make a gigantic mother effing purse it's 3.6 million dollars holy mother of god yeah. And they're giving out 600, they're giving out major points. Like th- yeah. they could have done this five years ago. They could have done it a long time ago. But Mayo, to, you know, the combination of the quality of the field, and we've been really lucky. We've had some unbelievable strength of field events um, so far in the first part of 2022, just the way that the schedule is lining up for the guys. This is, again, you know, one of the very tippy top 
uh, fields in, 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 in we're going to see throughout the whole rest of the season, plus what's at stake. I mean, and it's a good March. one. It's, it's March. One. We're, we're lined up for some, some great stuff, right? This is the strongest field of the year. It is every year uh, from top to bottom because you don't have the amateurs that qualify for the U.S. Open. You don't have the PGA pros. VJ saying you keeping see. the flame going. Yeah. Yeah, like it just these are all the best players. I mean, some even some of the best players again, like Christian Bezadenhout, my guy, couldn't qualify for this field. Didn't ended up like 52nd in the world ranking, so he couldn't get in. Uh, Bob, Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre, we'll see him at Augusta. We're not going to be seeing him at the players this time around. And after a pretty good run at Riviera too, I was hoping he'd somehow get into the Honda, play well, get into this. But the last, that was not to be the case. I'm kind of on the same way as Nate with this. It's just there's an in off it's so inauthentic yeah. that like they dye the lakes to make it TV friendly, just to that colorization of the water that's out there. And just calling it the fifth major is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. I can't, <laughs> I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to Lucas Herbert, winner of the 41st major, the Butterfield Bermuda championship. You know there it, are baby. four fucking majors. You can't have a fifth one. Somehow make this into the super bowl for golf. Get rid of the stupid FedEx Cup playoffs. Make this the that's pinnacle right. of your year. Great point. Honestly, to God, when I was sitting here going through the research, I'm like, why isn't this the FedEx event? This is Who an amazing event East with that much money. That's exactly right. This is such a much better field and such a much better way to genuinely compete, you know, a, a, an authentic uh, champion as opposed yeah. to the c- terrible contrivance in Atlanta in, in August. Yeah. For, for me, we have been so excited about the stat that you talked about earlier, which is all of these young guys. So much youth in the game. There's a ton of parity, even as John Rahm still feels like the best player in the world, as Pat, I think, uh, uh, you know, alluded to before. But it, it feels to me like this is the first really big swing. We've had, you know, Riv is a big tournament. Great. The field strength was great there. It was great in Phoenix. But this is the one where now every guy is rested. They had their break. They've had the sort of lead in. And here we go. Let's see who's the best player in the world. Everybody's rested except for the guys that played in the afternoon at Bay Hill who are fucking exhausted coming into this thing. But hopefully yeah. they're young enough to overcome it, right? Fair, fair enough. What I really meant is, I know. you know, y- y- with, with 2020, 2021, the wraparound season, That's guys right. didn't get the normal breaks that they had. And so you've got a bunch of guys who are able to take some time and work on things like Colin Mark Howen and his putter, like Victor Hovland and his and his wedge, which is getting better, Pat, we have to say, but it's still not there yet. You see, that's that's another thing they said on the broadcast. How how improved Victor is around the greens. He has now <laughs> lost, he has lost strokes around the green. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive events. That's pretty good. good. And eleven of the past twelve. Good lord. He's he's not as bad as he used to be. Is that the the the, the, the putter has been really good yeah. for Victor? That's one thing that we saw at Riv that he was able to stay in it uh, when he didn't have his best driving. Uh, although that kind of it, it's funny because we we especially like a lot of the data people, and I like to fall somewhere in between. But just like using Fantasy National right now, like I'm looking at all the stats, and I know that Victor drove the ball a lot better at the Genesis than his numbers say. It's just they didn't know how to quantify when he started going down the other fairway, right? Right. When he, when he aimed, yeah. When he went down 17 on the 15th hole, they didn't know he how to hit say. the fairway. Yeah. He wanted to hit. He was four for four on that fairway. Um, well, look, we're, we, we've been sort of dancing around it. Let's start naming some names. Um, man, you know, talk you, to us. You have it in front of you right now. You've run, you know, your, your, your full analytics set. Um, for, first tell us about the attributes that tend to produce winners 
at this venue. Is it Strokes Gained Approach this week, Pat Mayo? Yes, it's Strokes Gained Approach. There's not a tournament you're ever going to find where Strokes Gained Approach isn't the most important stat. Like if you I can, know, I was making if a your approach if your approach is good and your putting is good, you're probably going to win. Yeah. Uh, but approach tends to be a bit more predictive than putting does because the worst putter can obviously be the best putter in any given week where, you know, the worst approach guy is not going to become the best approach guy. Wes Bryan is not going to be out driving Dustin Johnson anytime soon. Uh, and I just walked all over your joke because I need to make the point house because people get, <laughs> you're very serious at this. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, it I mean, a trigger warning to anyone out there, but just <laughs> people who say putt for dough are fucking morons. Go look at who the best players in the world are. They're not the best putters. It's uh, so good. All right. Well, look. Uh, let Let's try and do this kind of in tears. We know we know we're going to spend some time talking about Ram and Morikawa soon enough. But a couple sort of unexpected names that popped up when you set up the the attributes. Number one and two over the past fifty rounds, and the numbers that I ran and bogey avoidance. Uh, ended up being really key for me. Looking back at last year's top 10, nine of the guys that tied for top 10, I think there was 14 of them. Victor Perez really didn't have that much in terms of uh, stats for the PGA Tour because he was primarily a DP World Tour player, a Euro Tour player. But that number popped up huge of guys over the past 50 rounds in terms of bogey avoidance. So I weighted that really heavily. But now I think my numbers are stupid because number one and two are Gooch and Henley who aren't going to win. So now I don't know what to do. Gooch is not going to win? No, he's not going to win. What do you bet him? I mean, he played pretty well last week. Do we learn anything from these last two weeks, by the way? PJ National and Bay Hill, like super hard courses where guys are just trying to survive. I learned that if Chris Kirk gets in one shot of the lead, he's going to miss two foot putts until he's oh, back. He, I like he wasn't Kirk. that bad. He got pooped on yesterday. It wasn't that bad. He made some eight footers, 10 footers, 12 footers. He did gack a four footer. The, the issue with those two guys, their odds are unfair. Like they're, they're being priced as if they're really good and they are good, but I can just look at the players around them. Like, would I rather bet Gooch at 60 or Louie at 60? Yeah. I'd rather bet Louie. I don't want to bet either of them, but I would rather bet Louie at, at the same number. Give me Louie. Yeah. Kirk sitting there with Woodland at 75 and boy, Gary Woodland woke up today pissed. I think. I mean it, but you also have Casey answer Leishman, Finau, Homa, Siwoo, all at 75 too. Hmm. Like answer. I just don't feel like those guys are in that class. I do think that answers in that class. Me I think those guys are a step back. Like the only one who's really broke through for me to really deserve that higher number. Someone like Sam Burns. And I like Sam Burns this week. What number do we get Sam Burns at? Uh, you can find them as low as 45 or as high as 60. If you look in the right places. I see. Mm -hmm. Well, the Sam Burns is on my dance card as well. So bogey avoidance strokes gained approach. What else? The general, you know, fairways hit. I, I It's a difficult one to parse this week in terms of fairways. And what's one of the main reasons I like Morikawa so much is that, you know, obviously you don't want to be in the water. I hear that's penal for your score. Um, <laughs> so being in the middle of the fairway is huge. We saw Bryson pull this off last year. Bryson, one week removed from the API where he's trying to drive par fives. What do you do with the players? Took irons out, hit the middle of the fairway and came in third. He was the way that Bryson attacks courses, I think is super underrated. He's not always going to be right in the strategy that he employs, but he has a strategy. His course management has been really good, especially at Pete Dye courses the, over the, the years too. That's the only like venue he, that he hasn't figured out is Augusta. It seems he will. Just, yeah. Well, and, and maybe 
Let's, let's do a very quick, um, Bryson, when's the next time we see him? What's big? I guess the match plays in, what, two weeks? Yep. Maybe there? Okay. That Well, and that at least guarantees him three rounds, right? So if if what we're talking about with his injury, and then why, do we believe that it's just the wrist, or do we think the back is also part of this uh, situation, Nate Dogg? I think it's I think it's mostly the wrist. I just am not sure that he wants to go into Austin and go head to head and lose. I don't think he likes that narrative. I think he'd rather just go play a tournament. But we'll, I mean, I guess I guess I guess we're going to find out soon enough. I, I can you just explain to me, Pat, like this should be a, a field of class winners. Is the reason that Siwoo won this because of the weather and the fact that he's really good at Pete Dye courses? Like, it, can we overlook that? I know. I don't think, I mean, Siwoo's won three times. The guy's like 25 years old. Siwoo's awesome. I don't okay. know what you're talking about. He's your guy. You love <laughs> and Siwoo. And my guy. He it's cashed like, me these you huge... See, I, gave, I gave him that softball. So so here, here's the thing with Siwoo, is that he does... You know when Rory is on, like in round one at Bay Hill, you're like, oh my <laughs> That's God. That's what he does. That's Rory. There, there is no... Like, I get why everyone says that Rory's still going to win another yeah. eight majors. Because when yeah. he's on, he is by far the best player in the world. It's not even close yeah. when he's on. He's just not on all that much. When Siwoo is on, and you watch one of these Siwoo rounds, like his final round at the Amex when he won last year, you're like, oh my God. Like, this guy should be a top five player in the world. He right. has this weird ceiling that everyone else in his tier from like the... 35th to 100th best player in the world just doesn't have right. this weird ceiling where he starts sticking everything to two feet. It's insane. And obviously he's good on Bermuda. Uh, all three of his wins have come on Bermuda grass greens. Two of his wins have come at die courses. The other win was at Sedgefield. Five of the past seven or five of the past 10 champions at Sedgefield, the Wyndham championship have won the players championship. Yeah. So there's some sort of crossover with these type of courses. Jimmy Herman. Not in the uh, yeah, we had we had Jim Herman. Who won it last year? Was it uh no, it wasn't my guy Roger Sloan. He lost in the playoff. It was Kisner. Kisner's lost in a playoff. He lost to Ricky in a playoff here. Uh, in his first ever appearance at the players' championship. Won the Wyndham last year. There's something with that course where it kind of pops up. I'd say Austin is another one too. I know it's a wonky format, but all of a sudden you see like Kucher and Kiz. Uh, and when we get to Alex Norton and we talk about mutters this week and like crappy weather. I mean, Noren at 125 to one, who's playing good golf anyway. I yeah. think you got to give him a look. He's okay. getting a top 20 play for me for sure. And Nate, win. to your no, point. Win, house, win. No. Winning no, bet. No, how dare you guys. Uh, six of the last eight of, in this event have our major winners. So the two that's, exceptions that's are Wu and Fowler. That's what I'm asking. Like, can we really, can, can we look at Tigala or, as you said, post and somebody way down the board, do they really have a chance at this thing? Or... Is it, is it the exception to the rule? I, I, I just, I'm still now 35 minutes into this podcast or however long we've been going, thinking about your fucking Adam Hadwin con conversation a bit earlier. <laughs> Let's go. He's at 340. What no is the case way. for Adam Hadwin? No way. Uh, well, he's here's... your favorite of the Canadians. There's a lot of Canadians in this field. You got to be loving Very good it. Canadians too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because he's been like the crappiest one. Um, so to look at it, you really have to contextualize what Adam Hadwin does well. Adam Hadwin is a good putter when he putts well. He's a really bad putter when he putts poorly. But that's the sort of player that's that you like. That's like me. Well, it's the sort of player <laughs> that it's... Who would I? JB Holmes is the perfect example of this. Oh, God. Like, JB Holmes will lose strokes putting 19 of 20 events. But in that 20th event, he doesn't gain a stroke putting. He gains like nine strokes putting. And somehow. plays a six and a half hour round. 
Sure, and he lulls everyone else to sleep. But Hadwin has been just trading really high-end putting rounds, really low-end putting rounds. The biggest thing before the Genesis, which just isn't a course that's going to be for Adam Hadwin anyway, does not have enough distance, is he gained on approach in four consecutive events, something he hadn't done since his run through winning the Valspar, another tough Florida course, four years ago. So the putting has returned, the approach has returned, he's great around the greens, and he's not awesome off the tee because he's not long, but he does hit every fairway. I don't think Adam Hadwin's going to win. But you talk about those like top 40, top 30, top 20 bets. He is deep down that board. And like Corey Connors, if we're talking about any of the Canadians, has the best chance to win because maybe mm. he flukes into learning how to putt this week. Who knows? He has the right skill set to win this. But he's 70 to one. Adwin is five times that number. Are you hot or cold on Matt Fitzpatrick? His, his shots gained stats have been terrific this year. I just still don't feel like he's really been competitive. And in the hunt where you're like, um, oh, he's going to win this t- tournament. He's got better odds. I mean, he's got better odds than Spieth this week. He should have better odds than Spieth. Spieth's played this tournament well once, his first ever time here. Okay. You win that point. Are you, are you hot <laughs> or cold on Fitzpatrick? I'm always lukewarm on Fitzpatrick. We had a running joke for years that when you wouldn't look at all of his European wins, if it had the name Masters in it, he won it. The Nordia Masters, the Austria Masters, the British Masters. They were all... Matthew Fitzpatrick jams, but his improved driving is kind of a spectacle right now. And he is one of these players that the harder a course plays, the firmer, the faster a course plays, the better he's going to be. I don't know how he's going to do in waterlogged conditions. That's when I start thinking of Shane Lowry or even Sergio, Adam Scott, that type of player. Not so much Matthew Fitzpatrick. I need the rest of the field not to be able to adjust to super fast conditions like we saw at API. Like if you ran that tournament in another hour, Fitzpatrick might win it. And despite making five birdies all week, hmm. they got subterranean air at, at, at yeah, it'll be Bonavidra. fun. It's going to be, but, really it, fun. but it's not going to run with the wind like it did last week, though. It's not like you're going to be able to play these low end stingers and roll it up onto the green. That's just not how Sawgrass plays. I want to give uh, a nod to a couple of guys. I was looking up the odds while we were chatting. Norin is available to top 20 at plus 450. Uh, had one available at plus 850 right now. Ooh. So those that, those are reasonable. And those are, you know, that's good return on, on investment. You're not asking for for either guy to go win the effing golf tournament. And that that's, you know, I, I like those numbers for both of them. Um, let's talk about guys that can really win this golf tournament. And I want you now. Here's the problem. Both you and and our old buddy um, Jason Sobel last week, both of you were on Zalatoris, and Nate and I were like, "Oh shit, we got to fade Zalatoris now." Our Mark. boys are all over him. Um, we got to fade him. But everybody, I mean, if Morikawa five hours ago was available at fourteen to one, now not a single book has him at a price um, less than eleven to one. Something's oh, going on need, during the course of the day. Need- you need better books. I'm staring at a 15 right now. Well, because you're you got the Bahamas. I don't have I don't have that international action here. I'm I'm, I'm domesticated and stuck. Um, but he, here's the thing with, with Morikawa, and talk me out of this strategy. I have a Morikawa smokestack now. I believe in what um, a lot of folks have been touting this year, which is if Morikawa is in a tournament, you bet him to win because at some point that will happen and it will pay for all of your bets. Why wouldn't I? Go ahead and leverage that strategy. Why wouldn't I bet him to top five at plus 250? Why wouldn't I bet him to, to top 10 at plus one tonny? Why wouldn't I go ahead and lay the juice for him to top 20 
at minus 180. And then across those, those are all one unit bets. Why don't I also throw down three units on him to win at 11 to one or 15 to one and across the board, just come up. You have you, have you tried um, Shake Shack? Have you been to Shake Shack yet? Pat Mayo? No, I, I was in Vegas two weeks ago. Oh, I, I yes. So yeah, I have some Shake Shack. This yeah. is the more Colin Morikawa Vegas smokestack that I, that I want to build for all of these big events all season long. I'm, I'm willing to be talked out of it, but I kind of love it. Tell me why yep. it's dumb. Just bet on him to win. He wins at a higher rate than anyone else on the tour. So when you get when he wins, you want to get paid. Who cares about these minus 180 top 20s? <laughs> give me give your head a shake house. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you know, I, we can expand the portfolio. I, I you know, I'm t- I got some of uh, this podcast money that I can allocate across the board. I can spread it out a little bit. Yeah, well, okay. let me ask you this, because this is the problem that I've been encountering this week is Morikawa is my favorite play. Because of the odds. No, I don't love the odds, but I think that's fair for Colin Morikawa. Because I was convinced John Rahm would be seven to one, eight to one, like he has been for every tournament. I open up my sports book this morning. They're both the same odds. Yeah. They were both. I'm staring, I'm staring at 14 and 15 to one. Right. John Rahm, Colin Morikawa. Somehow Justin Thomas has become the favorite in some places. You know, no one's ever won this tournament back to back years. And I don't, I don't know if Thomas's putter and driver is going to run that hot again this year. Not only but, that, but our boy Justin Ray published this. I they, Over some pe- recent run, they haven't even finished in the top 10. You don't finish in the top 10 after you win this thing. I, I mean, I, I think that's more fun to, I mean, I knowing Justin, if you ask him, it's like, does that mean that uh, Justin Thomas can't win? He'd be like, no, he's like second in probability to win this yes. tournament. It's just, yes. it's one of those things that happens. Yeah. But as much as I love Morikawa, like if I get Rom at the same number, can I if I was going to put that big bet in on Morikawa at those odds, why wouldn't I do it for Rom? Like, okay. I, like the whole thing is you need both of them to putt. Fine. That's it. Sounds like a fine way to allocate your money. The two most likely winners of the biggest golf tournament of the year. It, not a ton of value in any of their odds categories, but they're the, they're the two best players in this, in this field. Right. I think so. I, I I think they're the two best players in the world, and I think there's a definitive gap once you get past them. So if we feel that way, why wouldn't we go ahead and spread it out ac- across both of them? Because I'm a loser, House, and I want to bet like five other guys. I feel the exact same way. I mean, I had to. What number did, did you bet Kepka already? Yeah, I got Kepka at fifty this morning. Yeah, I didn't get him at fifty. And and thirty-eight's that, this, a good number. Yeah, thirty-eight's, 38's a fine is still number. Strong. I'm happy with thirty-eight. I'm not disappointed. Nate, I can throw it the- doesn't make you want to zag. It doesn't scare the hell out of you. No. Okay. The, 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 the whole thing about Kepka like being shitty this year isn't real. Like he had two missed cuts the last out of the past three times that he's played. He's come third, 15th, and he missed a cut. But people are like, Dustin Johnson, 40 to one. Like, what are we talking about here? Mm. All right. That's well, I I mean, I feel that way. We used to have this rule anytime that DJ um, or Kepka were at 20 to one. We, we bet them like, why, yeah, why, why are we rule. moving off of that is our rule? Like, why would we move away from that now? Because well, there's like five other guys who are good now, as good as them is well, the you problem. Just, you just have to allocate, allocate, spread it out. The thing is I'm staring at Cantley at 25 and thinking like, Another why great not one. Cantlay? Bet like, that. Over Rory, over Vic, over Scheffler, Decky, Xander, all those guys. I just prefer Cantlay this week. And I hate Patrick Cantlay, but I think he can win. <laughs> why do you hate I know Patrick Cantlay? No, I, I know. Why. I understand where he's coming from. Go ahead. You say why. Have you ever watched it? They had to take him off live shot coverage at Pebble <laughs> Beach. 
the worst broadcast of the year. They're like, we can't watch this guy line up a putt for four minutes. We just can't do it. So we're going to cut back to him three seconds after he shoots. And then, you know, we'll pretend like it's live because the first two holes, it was like, oh my God, like I could have walked the dog. I could have taken the kids out. We could have played, came back. And he's like, it was like a two foot putt. Like just he, get the he, fucking ball, man. He's out there soft shoeing. He does this full thing with this with the steps. I feel like he's a male nurse. He's got on these soft shoes and he's doing this whole soft shoe, d- gentle dance like he's walking down the hallway of the hospital. He's like the ma- a candy striper. That that's that's my knock on him. And look, I was about to be, you know, I don't want to say rich, but a lot of money. I had a few mortgage payments covered here if Billy Ho won last week, and I still found myself rooting against him watching him. <laughs> all right well we've got uh you know that this is the thing well look, there's no um downside in allocating this week to the chalkiest of the chalk and you know you just have to take your bankroll figure out how much you're comfortable allocating to this tournament and then spreading it out like you said hideki you said can't lay we have norn and, and hadwin in plays we're no we have to do more kawa you have to do rom they're the same price Nate Dog, who who are we missing out here? Who do you uh, like? At the top, I, I'm not focused on the top. I'm staring at these top 20 bets uh, that people are missing further down. I, he, Pat's got me my mind spinning. You put money on post in it at what nine plus nine hundred to top twenty? Uh, it was. I actually got him at plus two seventy five to top forty. Okay. I mean, Ryan Brem just won. He's plus nine hundred to top twenty. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's calm down on Ryan Bram. Right? He's got Gim, his tour card, right? Doug Gim had a good round. about. Uh, he had a great tournament at this course last year. So now you're speaking to my heart, Nate Dog. Yeah. The Gim, my guy, the Gim Reaper. Yeah. Is yeah. One of the most immaculate ball strikers for the course of probably the past 18 months, except for the last month when he's lost the ability to hit a golf ball. That's not been good for him. That's not been good, but okay. So if you don't like him at plus nine fifty, do you take Kiz at plus a thousand to top twenty? That is a bit more intriguing, to be perfectly honest with you. Just because the putter gets rolling so well, like I'm looking and at it right window. now. So the the big ones that stand out to me uh, when it comes to either recent form, history at this course, and there's one guy. When I looked at all the correlation courses, trying to rack my brain. I think if you're looking at the top end and you want to try to find a course where all these guys play competitive field, lots of water. I think you look at Southwind where they've had the WGC where Thomas won, Brooks has won, yeah. uh, answer one a year ago, a guy who kills Pete Dye courses played really well here in two starts. I think that's the one you want to look at, but I threw it in the newsletter. If you just go to Substack, go to Mayo media. You can find all this stuff, the visualizations completely free to sub to got one coming out every got to write it after I finished this. Yes. But, uh, looking at it right now, I had the stadium course at Amex Harbor town, Sedgefield, the seaside course at RSM, and the Sony Open to try to find sleepers who are like the guys at the back end of the field who do well at those courses. Presumably, they could do really well here. Uh, Seamus Power, even though he was horrendous yep. last week, I still like. Mito Pereira, I know it's his first time here. He's third in bogey avoidance right now, which is crazy. And this one should speak to your heart just a little bit, Nate. Joel Damon. Yeah, you know. Six-year round at the players. He's picked up eight strokes on the field in approach. If he can just putt, and if it gets windy, dude's a great wind player. I can tell you definitively, Joel Damon went to San Diego for a putting lesson uh, in between the riv and this tournament. So if that if that lesson went remotely well, I like the way you're thinking. 
Well, and and he we we can picture him. He had a great Sunday last year, right? He was charging up the leaderboard, wasn't that? Wasn't it just last year that we saw JD doing that? Well, I what I all I can picture with JD is him taking his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> which I is there not... was a great yeah shout out to the no laying up guys that had Harry Higgs on um and Harry gave the full breakdown of that eight minute clip of of what, all that went into it Harry was violently against doing it yeah. and then in the last moment um he was con- convinced by JD he just they all they were they went for it God Joel bless is both. excellent at getting people to do dumb shit they don't want to do <laughs> are you Looking... speaking from experience yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Sunday night after Riv. Right. We've burned the security camera footage. If he just plays as well as last year, but makes a putt, like he gained five strokes, Tita Green, in two rounds. He missed the cut because he lost over five strokes putting last year. And he was 12th in 2019. Like he is the type of like long shot type guy. Do I think he's going to win? No, I don't. But top 10, top 20, top 40, that kind of thing. I think he's in that neighborhood. Him and Hadwin. I had one's going to do it in a different way because had one's going to have to putt well because that's what he does well. We just need Damon to putt like, okay. And all of a sudden he should be firmly in the mix of a top 20, top 10. Hmm. Uh, Mayo, talk me out of, I'm inclined based on Rory's comments to really fade a bunch of the guys that got cooked Sunday playing at Bay Hill. Like just the, 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 the toll of, of that round, I think, you know, I, I think Rory was speaking for most of the field. So I'm, I'm inclined to lay off, not go heavy on Scheffler, not go heavy on Vic Hovland, not go heavy on Billy Hoho. And, and I, you know, honestly, just sort of stay away from, from, from Rory. There are some guys that had quietly wonderful rounds. I'm looking at, um, my boy, Ty Hatton. 69 yesterday puts himself into to a T second. Uh, your guy Lucas Herbert at at uh you know shot a 68 the low round of the day and Hideki shot two under. I those were all like nice calm rounds, not grind rounds. Didn't cost them. Do you think that this it's silly to to um you know attribute any kind of a of a burnout mental anguish effect to the Bay Hill thing? Um, or no, are those guys going to be back? It's real. Nate Dogg says it's real. I, I think that it's real, but I think it's going to be impossible to quantify who it affects and who it doesn't affect uh, okay. when it comes down to like, I mean, although Hatton didn't struggle as much as the other guys, he did go through the grind at the same time and he was there sweating it out till the very end. Like it just, I think it all depends on who you are. It's like, oh, it's a, it's taxing on Rory because he didn't win. It's taxing on Vic because he didn't win. It's like, oh, but Gary Woodland had a great round though. Like he's, let's look him up this week. Like it's, it all depends on who the guy is when we talk about it. I think like Sam Burns had a really nice Sunday. You know, it was a long shot that actually had two really nice rounds at API and two kind of mediocre ones and pops up in that bogey avoidance. He is number, let's see here. Number nine overall over the past 50 rounds in bogey avoidance. And he's having a good year. Our guy, Hollywood Hoagie, who just kind of lit up another short course. Unbelievable. Interesting. We don't have anything to say about Hollywood Hoagie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure I want to hear another post-round interview from Hollywood Hoagie. So I'd... I'll bet him to, to top 20, but top I'm 20. not. Yeah, top yeah. 20. That's yeah, fine. I can get into that. Oh, here, but, but, well, you, have, so you threw this out here, and it was, you know, th- there's going to be a lot of really popular plays this week. Obviously, now, because the Brooks number was stupid when it was first released, a lot of people have Brooks. 
I don't know if that's going to translate to daily fantasy or whatever, but a lot of people are going to be holding that outright betting ticket, which I think is a good number. Whether he wins or loses, he's probably going to lose, but you're just not going to get Brooks at that number all that often. I want to read you from last year's DraftKings Millionaire Maker, the highest owned players, who everyone agreed were the best plays and use them in their lineups. Tony Finau, 24% of lineups, missed the cut. Webb Simpson, 22% of lineups, missed the cut. Patrick Cantlay, 22% of lineups, missed the cut. Neiman, 20%, T29. Morikawa, 20%, T41. Zalatoris, 20%, T21. Tommy Fleetwood, 18%, missed the cut. So the conventional wisdom here has been do the opposite of what everyone else is saying. Yeah, that's that's my fear with Brooks. That's where I want to sort of zag. House, I'm sort of back where you are on guys who didn't get fried last week, right? You got Morikawa, Thomas, you got yeah. Cantley, you got Shoffley, you got yeah, Xander, quiet and, Xander. And Cam, wait, wait, wait. Cam well, Smith? Are, you, are you playing will finish second place or are you betting him to win? <laughs> top those are great odds on top fives it's just you know you have to have infinite bankroll to make it any of that make sense right well here was my issue about rom or morikawa and why i don't want to bet them both we talked about Cantley, but there's a couple guys staring at me in this like 30 to 60 like why not burger why not cam smith two guys who are playing awesome because burger can't close exactly yeah but i mean he has those two wins at southwind which i just brought up yeah that feels like another guy to look at top 20 odds, top 10 odds for. Um, make the case for Cam Smith. I, I'm a Cam Smith um, lover this season. I think he's been incredible. So l- I want to hear the Cam Smith case. The Cam Smith case is everything besides driving. Like he, I remember last year when Morikawa won at the concession. Uh, Cam Smith was tied with him in the third round before he dumped like eight into the water. <laughs> we watched it. I know. I, I, re- I recall that uh, acutely because I think I had some action on him. So for years, the players as outside of like the majors, when you go back and look at the history of like the breakout winners here, it's a lot of young guys, big first wins, or even older guys, like big first wins. It was Scott's big win. It was Sergio's big win. It was Coocher's big Cooch, win. That's right. Like, for a long had, time, it was Sergio's. Yeah, it was. It still is Ricky's. It, the only time he's ever won, probably. Who knows? I just, I I'm so glad Ricky's not in the field. It, well, what just you're don't... talking about makes me even more. How does Xander look? Because Xander, overdue, longest to have not, you know, he hasn't won an event other than the Olympics in, in you know, I think three full tour seasons. Um, you know, he best to not have won a major, you know, fits that category. How, how does he fare in the attributes that you like? He's been great. Uh, but out of his five wins, like worldwide, he's won one that has a cut line. And it was the Greenbrier like five years ago. Mm. He has too many single bad rounds, it seems, yeah. that just ruin his chances of contention. And at no cut events, he can rally back from that. At other events, it's just he's behind the eight ball too much. Uh, well, all right. Um, I'm not going to say gun to your head because I don't like that, that, that expression. And I'm uh, Canadian, so I don't even understand that. Where are you getting these from? <laughs> we have to pick one. Pick, pick the winner for this week. Morikawa. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, it, that's it. Sorry, everybody. Fade Morikawa because it's unanimous here on Fairway Rolling on Monday that we all love Colin Morikawa to win this. I am going to bet him in the smokestack um, all the ways that I said, and I'm going to allocate it the way that I described. And I might do the same thing. I might have a ROM smokestack and a, and a Morikawa smokestack. I'm just going to do it. Instead of doing that with Morikawa, just bet Morikawa to win and the other money you would have allocated for the top five, the top 10, the top 20 to make the cut. 
Put it on Hoagie, List, okay. Okay. Hadwin, Damon, Post, and Top 40s or something. You'll get a better yeah. return, and you only need to hit two of them to actually make the money. Well, this is I, why we have Pat I Mayo might do on both. the show. I know. That's exactly right. And I might do both. I have them all set up here for it. Can I, can I give a plug? I'm giving away money if anyone wants some. Yeah, well, p- please, please. This is the, the, the time of the show. So I know the Ringer Podcast Network is huge. It doesn't need the promotion. But for the rest of us scum out there who don't really pop up in the searchability in the podcast rankings, if you head over to the Pat Mayo Experience podcast right now, subscribe and leave a rating and review with your Twitter handle or email or whatever, you're in a draw for, get this, one of a bunch of $100 giveaways. I'll just send you some cash. Who doesn't want cash? It's a hundred bucks. You can this week. It it's covers a, a bunch of these bets. Apparently, me or House, when we play each other in golf, we don't want cash. We just fight <laughs> to a draw. We did fight to a draw. That's not good. So Other Apple Podcasts, like Spotify especially, go leave that rating and review. Sub to the show. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. That's because... all that's required is, a, is just a rating and review, and you're in the mix for $100. In the mix for $100, I'm doing the giveaway on my live show on Wednesday. It's on Mayo Media Network on YouTube. We'll be up on the pod feed after. But if you actually have any questions about bets, about lineups, I got my my guy Tambo in studio who looks like a bit of a degenerate because he is, but he's up like a million bucks over the past like three years or something crazy like that. Uh, so I take his advice when it comes to this sort of stuff. I would I would say. So what are the shows this week? We're, what, we, what are you going to see on the PME? All right, so up on Mayo Media Network right now on the pod feed, I got the research show out. That's where I talked to John Rathouse from the Caddy Network and did the deep dive with a screen share of Fantasy National, digging into the stats and trying to uncover some sleepers that maybe we missed uh, on uh, the show is already out now. The DraftKings picks uh, for the millionaire maker, myself, Tambo and Ben Raza. Feinberg and I did our complete betting preview today. That is already out. Rick Gaiman and I are going player by player on Tuesday afternoon to break wow. down their probability to win their stats, their pros, their cons. We're not going to get to everyone in the field. Like, sorry to, I don't know. I was going to say Alex Norton, but we're definitely going to talk about Alex Norton. Sorry, Henrik Norlander. We're not going to get to you. Garrick Higo, we probably will, though, because I love Garrick Higo. But we're going to go player by player in the live chat on Wednesday. And I might be doing the cut sweat. Depends on the weather. But Friday night, because we have all these TVs, I can actually track the cut. I don't need the PGA to produce this for me. I can produce it for myself mm-hmm. now that they've given me the feed. So hopefully, I will be live on Friday evening, sweating the cut, Mm. And that means I need to have some sort of make the cut, miss the cut parlay. The miss the cut parlays this week, if you played like a round robin of sorts, it could pay some big money. I just read you the guys who missed the cut last year. Those are big names. Rory big also names. missed the cut. Yeah. That you, like I'm looking at the miss the cut odds right now on some of these top end guys. And Nate, like you even saw it at the, at the Honda Classic. I know I played like a 12 person miss the cut parlay. I think seven of them missed the cut. Yeah, I was impressed. Look, it was, to borrow a phrase, better than most. Well, that's that's all we ask for. Pat Mayo, thank you so much for coming on. You were overdue. Happy New Year. 2022 is off to a good start, right? So far, so good. I would like to stop having my guys come in second place at tournaments. Five second place finishes, which means no money to go along with my... I can't believe you didn't have me on the Luke List week. He finally won after four years. It was years. awesome. It was a celebration. I sent you a note. I, it was a celebration for a lot of us. I, I did have a little um, action on on List for that week. Tiny play, though. Not enough to really change. It didn't, it didn't pay for my mortgage. Living proof that sometimes, and he is the number one player in this field, T. Green, over the past 24 rounds. It was terrible last week because he lost seven strokes putting in two rounds. 
But the weeks that that doesn't happen, I mean, when he got himself back on the PGA Tour from the Corn Ferry, he won not at on this compound, not at this course, but these short Bermuda courses. I mean, he's played well at Honda. He's played well at Heritage. You don't think of him as that type of player, but he's live here if he can make a few putts. Putting another guy, another guy on this list. Speaking of Luke List, uh, head-to-heads also. So this is a thing. I'm going to listen to you and Gaiman's uh, Tuesday show because I'm going to jump in on head-to-heads. I already did a tournament matchup. I got plus odds of Morikawa against John Rahm straight up uh, for the tournament. Um, and I just, you know, that, that, that's just value. You give me plus odds. It's fine. If it, if it was minus one ten each, then I understand that maybe there isn't any reason, but you're going to give me plus odds, uh, of course, Colin Morikawa against anybody on earth. I'm playing it. Um, Pat Mayo, thank you so much. We always enjoy having you on Nate dog, safe travels. I know that you're leaving the country, but you'll be back in time to watch this glorious tournament all weekend long. Uh, birdie buddies, par saving pals, Eagle enthusiasts. We're coming back next week, um, hopefully with giant wads of cash in our pockets from these um, giant odds winners. Until then, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.